You're listening to Last Word Soccer Club Radio. Only here, lastwordonsports.com. What's up, Internet? Welcome to another episode of the Last Word Soccer Club Radio podcast. We are brought to you by Last Word SC Radio, lastwordonsports.com, Icarus FC, Roughneck Scarves, and our new sponsor, Athletic Greens. Um, Welcome, everyone, to our general MLS preview show. My my name is Rachel Kruger. Um, Last week, myself, uh, Felipe, Matt, and uh, Raheem did a specific MLS preview of each team, we broke down each team, some some things that we're interested to see, some new players and whatnot. Um, this week is a little bit more different. We are doing a general MLS preview, and I am joined once again. Felipe, I don't think I know how to say your last name, so welcome to the show, and please tell us how you say your name. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, it's uh, So I got the English way and the Spanish way. The English way is Vallejo which is a lot easier. And then the Spanish way is Vallejo. What do you mean easy? Vallejo is not hard at all. Did I say that right? Yeah, Vallejo, yeah. Well, you would be Vallejo. surprised how many people miss miss misspeak miss my name. I, I mean, I totally get it because my last name is Kriger and it's K-R-I-G-E-R. And people say Kruger, Kroger, Kriger, Krieger, Krager, literally every single thing under the sun. So I totally understand where you're coming from. from. Um, last week was uh, Felipe's uh podcast debut and we're happy to have him back someone who uh, made his debut long ago and he is back on the show and we love having him here is our residential expert across the pond jamie rook how are you sir i'm very good thank you bit under the weather at the moment but um with mls just two days away from the turn and how can you not be excited we love that battle through the pain, Jamie. We love it. <laughs> um, like I said, y'all, we're going to do a general um, MLS preview. Before we actually get started, um, I, I was driving um, on the way to my church's basement because my Wi-Fi at my house is out, um, and I saw an alert that the um, N. I'm sorry, not NWSL. They are already part of it, but the MLS Players Association today. It was announced that they have joined um, and became become an affiliate of the AFLCIO. Now, what does that mean? It means the American Federation of Labor and Congress of Industrial Organizations. This is the same kind of um, like union type. Uh, government thing that um, NWSL, WNBA, U.S. Women's National Team, MLB, and NFL are all part of. So MLS jumped on that. So um, I think the Players Association certainly deserves a shout out for that. They do such great things. We've we've seen how much players associations mean um, these these unions for the players. Um, really in soccer everywhere. The NWSL was huge this year in getting their first or should I say last year and getting their first ever CBA. Um, MLS just had a CBA um, redone as well. So a big congratulations to them. Um, but enough praising the Players Association. Now we get to pick on the players. Um, so we are going to talk MLS general preview and we're going to how it's going to work, folks, is we are going to go conference by conference and we are going to list out our teams who are making um, who we think are going to make the playoffs. If you live under a rock and you haven't heard, MLS decided to switch up their um, 
playoff format. It was just announced. Uh, what was it on on Tuesday? I think it was. Um, and I I remember seeing an interview uh from Phil Neville saying that is way too late. And I think he has. Uh, I don't really like Phil Neville. Me and Jamie talked about this before I, before we started. But he's got a point with the MLS season kicking off um this weekend. But so the new um format for the playoffs is seeds one through seven automatically get in just like last year um and then there are two spots eight and nine in each conference and those are the wild card spots there will be a wild card weekend and that is a one and done game um and then in the first round of the playoffs there is a best of three series so before we get started gentlemen we all agreed before we um, hit the record button that we loathe or we hate this process. So Jamie, tell us why we do not like <laughs> the MLS's new format for playoffs. It, I think personally, I think it just seems like overkill. Like there's already already enough teams qualifying for the playoffs. It's just almost overcomplicated it. And so many years now, they haven't stuck with a, a set system. So if someone doesn't like it for a year, they change it straight away, which obviously doesn't allow people to grow to love it or grow to accept it. And I think, yeah, this is just doing it once again for for the sake of trying to change it up, but I'm not sure it's going to change it for the good. And I think most people would agree with that. Felipe, what do you think about the new um, playoff format here? Yeah, I mean, it's a sort of thing where before it felt like, you know, half of the teams making it to the playoffs seemed suitable. It reflected the proper quality of all of the teams making it. Um, but when you look at now that, like, what is it, 67 or 69% of the teams? I think I saw, to... like, 62 or 65, but you're in the ballpark. Yeah, it's like, it's it's just, like, basically two-thirds, almost, of the teams are going to uh, make it into the playoffs. And it kind of takes away from uh, both the, the gloss of what the playoffs are and also you know, some importance to the regular season as, you know, if you get into that sixth, seventh, eighth position, once you're there, you don't have to try too hard to try to push for further up because you're, you're in, you're pretty much safe. So I don't know. They say that it was because of, they wanted the, uh, one of the uh, seeds to have a home match, but I just think they just want more matches and, and more money. Well, that's, that's definitely has to be what it is. I think what there's, I saw there's like 30 playoff matches now. That's just, I mean, and then MLS cup is going to be played in, in on December 9th. Like that is so like, it's late, it's late in the year for sure. And then depending on, you know, what team finishes first, it could be in like, you know, for example, New York in the middle of <laughs> the middle of December. So, um, and I don't think, I don't think teams would be too thrilled about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, I think it's just to get more games, to get more people with their eyes glued on the new Apple TV deal. I don't know, um, but it, I don't like it. The three of us all don't like it, and but it is what it is, and we'll just have to see. But when there's more than 50% of your teams making the playoffs, that's a little bit silly. So I know it's a conversation that um, my friend Dan Lalletta and I have a lot when it comes to the women's soccer world and in the NWSL where it's right at 50% right now. But yeah, I mean, it's it, it takes away from the competitiveness for sure. So I totally hear you guys. Um, so enough, you know, complaining. It's not going to change. It is what it is. We all got to live with it. Um, 
let's talk about those teams who we think are going to make the playoffs. So how I how we're going to do this is we're, we're each going to read off our picks. We're going to start with the Western Conference. Um, we're going to read off who gets spots one through nine, um, each of us, and then we will discuss. A lot of us have some similar points. A lot of us have some different points. Um, so we will definitely be chatting all things playoffs. So we will start. Go ahead, Jamie. We'll start with you. Tell us who you think gets the nod in the playoffs in the Eastern or in the Western conference. So um, at top of the conference, we've got LAFC and then Seattle Sounders, Austin FC, LA Galaxy, FC Dallas, Vancouver Whitecaps, Portland Timbers, Sporting Kansas City, and then uh, taking the last spot, Colorado Rapids. Awesome. Felipe, who you got? Yeah, for me, it's it's not too, too different. I got LAFC at first, then I got the Seattle Sounders in second, FC Dallas in third, uh, LA Galaxy in fourth, uh, Austin FC in fifth, my Vancouver Whitecaps in sixth, the Portland Timbers in seventh, uh, Sporting Kansas City in eighth, and Colorado in ninth. We're all pretty similar to who we are picking in the playoffs, but the order is a little bit different. And boys, if you know anything about me, it's that I love a good upset. So I have LAFC at number one, my Seattle Sounders at number two on their revenge tour, Austin FC at number three, Colorado Rapids at number four. You're welcome, Matt Pollard. FC Dallas at number five, Vancouver at number six. You're welcome, Felipe. Um, Sporting Kansas City at seven, LA Galaxy at eighth, um, and I put Sporting Kansas City twice. I just, <laughs> I just realized that. Oh gosh, I'm a mess. I think it's because I had to drive um, to my church's basement to do this. So in ninth place, I think, as much as I hate to say it, I think it's going to be Portland. So we'll put the Portland Thorns um, in that spot. So let's discuss. All of us are pretty clear cut on. Um, on number one and number two going to LAFC in Seattle. Why are we so confident um, about this? Felipe, let's start with you. Yeah, I mean, it's, I put actually, I actually put a little asterisk beside LAFC because I do think that they have, well, I mean, they're, they were the best team in the MLS last season, but I put that little asterisk because they still don't have a starting number nine. And I think that's a huge hole that they're missing. So I put a little asterisk there because if they don't get that number nine in at some point in that season, as much as Opoku might be, you know, a revelation for LAFC, uh, I think that'll hurt them a bit. So uh, if they don't get that, I actually think Seattle might pip as much as I don't like saying that. Um, but uh, then, yeah, Seattle, I think now with without the CCL, a lot of injuries um, that they had last season now coming back, like Rui does, I just think that uh, it's, like you said, it's a revenge season for Seattle. I think they're going to give LAFC a run for their money. Um, I think a lot of people are are looking at the Seattle roster and saying, well, they didn't really change much. So if they didn't make the playoffs last year, how are they going to make it this year? And I think you hit the nail on the hammer there, Felipe, with the fact that there is no CCL for them this year. Um, and that also they do have their injuries back. Player you forgot to mention there is, while um, Jao Paulo, he is back from his torn ACL. He got um, a little bit of time in the FIFA Club World Cup, um, which Seattle was the first MLS participant in. So that was really exciting. Um, and they also got the addition of Ebert um, from New York City FC, who was probably one of the most 
Um, you know, a couple, I think it was what, last season, everyone was on Rusnak watch. Well, this year, I think a lot of people were on a bear watch. Um, and so he's, he's in Seattle. He didn't get any minutes during the, the club world cup, but I have been seeing, he has been scoring, um, in some preseason friendlies for them. So I think that will help. Um, their defense is, is always an interesting topic because I thought, I thought Alex world had some good games last year. I, I wasn't a hundred percent, you know, sold on him towards the end of the stretch, but I think now with a little bit of rest, um, maybe they'll be better. And I like those young guys that they have, um, and, um, oh, what's that, what's that midfielder's name? Josh Atencio, um, and Danny Leva. I think that they've got some really good young guys, uh, in the fold there. Um, Jamie, what do you think about these um, top two teams that we all three of us have come to an agreement on? I think, as as you both mentioned, LAFC were one of, if not the standout team last year. And it's very likely that even though Steve Trondo isn't the most experienced manager, that they will just be able to carry on going. And then, as as Felipe mentioned, obviously the, the big question up front with Chicho Arango departing, who I thought was very underrated during his time there, he was always a solid, consistent performer, but wasn't maybe a star name. And obviously, the likes of Bale have gone, although he didn't make a huge impact. Um, Franco Escobar, Christian Taylor, there's been a lot of been a lot of losses, but as we saw last year in terms of off-season moves, bringing a lot of smart, savvy pickups in the league, doing that again, bringing um, Aaron Long from the Red Bulls, who injuries aside, is, uh, is one of the best defenders MLS has seen in the last however many years. So I think yeah, it will be it will be a case of not LFC having to defend their title, but just can anyone beat them because they are almost inevitable with the talent they've got all over the field. And then yeah, um you'd obviously know Seattle better than me, but yeah, it does just seem that they're another team that are always there or thereabouts. Um Brian Spitz is such an experienced manager and he knows what he's doing at this level and at this stage. So it feels like yeah, the word I would use is inevitable. They're going to be in the playoffs. It's just a question of how high up and us three have obviously gone very high. There are two other teams who are kind of on this revenge tour being Sporting Kansas City. And I think all of us can say too, um, the Colorado Rapids. So why this year do we have these guys making the playoffs? Um, we all have... I think we all have you guys have Colorado both sitting in, in ninth and I have them a little higher up. I think I am a little bit swayed by the kit and if it's a look good, feel good type of thing. But I think Colorado has made some some nice moves this offseason. Um, you know, Matt sold them to me last week in the MLS team by team preview. If you haven't listened to that, go ahead and check that out before the season starts. Um, but but Felipe, why why ninth place in first uh, Sporting Kansas City, what changes this year that they, you know, get over that weird, uncharacteristic, crazy season they had last year where they were one of the worst teams in Major League Soccer? Yeah, I mean, for I think for Sporting Kansas City, uh, I it was it was weird seeing how how they just basically imploded for much of the season. But I think some of the additions that they made uh this season have helped help their cause at least in sort of the attack in the midfield. Uh I think um you know Agada w- made a world of a difference for uh SKC last season. 
And now with settled in and the team in his first full season with the MLS at the MLS, I think he could be immense for their uh, playoff push. And they also brought in uh, Radoja, the Serbian international who comes from playing in La Liga. Like he's played against Messi, Ronaldo, Luis Suarez. Like he's played against some big boys. So he comes in with his experience and that's always so valuable. Um, I think it might be one of like the most underrated additions. My only worry is still a defense. You know, I think their goalkeeper, uh, I mean, Melia had an absolute mare of season. I, I saw the stats. He like, he in, in, Goals prevented, where you're supposed to like a goal. Basically, if a goal is going to go in and you prevent a goal from going in that's supposed to go in, that's like a goal prevented. He had a negative seven or a negative 6.52 goals prevented. So he let in 6.5 more goals than he should have last season. And I mean, if you saw some of the lowlights, it was, uh, it you could understand a bit why. But still, I think that. They're, you kind of have to hope that they're going to have a better season after last season. And with their new additions, I am cautiously optimistic that they'll be able to push up. And then for Colorado, I mean, Max Max was a bit of a big swing in that no one really know, knows much about him. I tried to research a bit into um, his stats last season in the Danish League. He was one of the leaders in shots blocked, uh, and he won 71% of his defensive duels. They also did another big uh, swing in signing Kevin Cabral from LA Galaxy in a deal that's worth up to a million dollars in GAM. So it's a pretty hefty for an attacker that in 63 games only has six goals and five assists. I mean, he is only 23, so he could probably still grow. And that's probably what they're banking on, that he can grow into uh, becoming a better player. But still, it's a... it's a big swing from Colorado. I am, I guess, thinking that they're going to pay off, and that's why I put them in the playoffs. But if they don't pay off, then it might be another uh, short season for Colorado. Jamie, what changes this year for um, Colorado and Sporting Kansas City that we we put them in the playoffs? I think rather than uh, this season being hugely different, I think the case would be that last season was just more of a blip, as in, as you said, Maybe neither of them and a fair few teams in the league haven't made like mind blowing additions. But I think with the squads they we've seen them use two years ago, three years ago, although they've lost some players and that they've still got the crux of it together. Uh, they've still got very competent managers in charge, and it'll just be a case of they can't do any worse, surely. So they should should be able to trend upwards and contend for a playoff spot. And uh, I think yeah, from from the Colorado point of view, anyway, I think. Cabral is, although as Felipe pointed out, some could be a risky signing. I think uh, he definitely passed the eye test more often than not, playing alongside the likes of Chicharito and Efra Alvarez uh, with the Galaxy. I think every time I watched him play, he did look like he had something about him. And whilst the end product may not be there, there was always a lot of energy on the field. And um, yeah, so I think uh, the Rapids definitely have a good enough squad that's easily, easily a playoff team, but they're always quite a a savvy team. They're not. They're not doing anything ridiculous. They're just. They're safe in a way, and they will be able to add more goals because some of their better performances last year um, weren't maybe at their best. And um, one I think big big news point is obviously they've uh, cut ties with Jesse Zardes after uh, experimental year. You could say when he was out there looking for more regular minutes. 
it wasn't it wasn't a complete failure. He did add a few goals, but um, now going to going to Austin, he could he could end up being a very good role player there as opposed to what he was contributing to Colorado. But I think yeah, at the very least, they should they should expect to be a playoff team once again. Yeah, I I know for Colorado, I really like the acquisition of um, was that Kevin Cabral from uh, the Galaxy? I I think he. I mean, it's it's a heck of a of a bet on him after you know two seasons with LA, and I mean in LA you're kind of overshadowed, but I think he could be a standout player uh, for Colorado this year. Um, they got an Irish an Irish midfielder from uh, what is that Wolverhampton. Um, I think he could be really well for them this season. I don't think like Jossie's artist is a name, yeah, but they're not going to lose sleep over, you know, him going to Austin for sure. Um, and I think he can have a good impact at Austin with uh, Drusy there up top. Um, but yeah, I, I think Colorado looks good. I, I really, they're super likable, especially after the announcement with their kit that they use it to um, raise mental health awareness. Um, and then Sporting Kansas City. I expect, I think the bar is so high for them for a Peter Vermees team. And we'll be talking about him a little bit later, but I just, I think last year was just such a weird fluky year of them, like being so injured and not having like any, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like medicine for it in a way. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I have a lot of expectations for a Peter Vermees side. Um, and a side that is usually really, really good. So I'm I'm intrigued to see what they do. Don't worry, Felipe. We're going to let you talk here about the Vancouver Whitecaps. Um, I think all of us have the uh, have the Whitecaps at six. Um, why should we believe in Vancouver, Felipe? I think it's because now we like Vancouver has probably on paper their strongest side since the Carl Robinson era in the mid in like the mid 2010s if they probably have decent players at every position and they have good depth as well you know they just signed uh Sergio Cordova and he historically doesn't have an incredible record but in in the last 12 games with RSL he scored seven goals he was he, I think now he's more adjusted to the league. If he can start, uh, he can start the season, you know, um, off, off, just like hit the ground running. I think that he might be uh, what Vancouver were missing with what they were hoping to get from Cavallini. And I mean, Yohi, Yohi Takaoka uh, is another fantastic signing, underrated signing. He just came off a. Uh, season with the Yokohama Marinos where he was voted in the J League the best goalkeeper. So that was something that was a bit of an issue with the Whitecaps last year with Thomas Sassal and Cody Cropper, not the best uh, goalkeeper. Sassal's still young. Hopefully he can improve. Uh, but overall, yeah, I just think, you know, we are also getting Diver Caicedo back from 2021 was amazing. Uh, Christian Dahome is being put in attack and in the preseason, he was our top goal scorer. So I just think that now, I mean, I feel like a broken record saying maybe this season will be their season to, to break past 50 points again and maybe win their first playoff match. Um, but uh, I genuinely think this one is probably the best chance they have. And uh, it's sort of a make or break season for them. So I'm, I'm optimistic. I think they'll, they'll make the playoffs. We all have the same teams 
making the Western Conference playoffs. So for teams like, you know, St. Louis, I think we we can um, give them give them a pass because they're not everyone is going to be in Atlanta in your first expansion season or an LAFC. Um, so I think we can give them a little bit of a pass. So for teams like, what is it? Houston, Minnesota, San Jose, um, Real Salt Lake. Why do they not make the final nine in, in a, in a group of, of, of 14? How do these sides not stack up where they don't make the playoffs. Um, Jamie, we'll go to you first. Um, of, it, of, of those teams, I'll take the obvious one off the board and start with Minnesota United. And We spoke about it before recording started and the the one day when everyone's lips is Reynoso, there's still question marks over where his future lies. It's looking very likely that he will remain a Minnesota United player. And as a result, it, that would see their their, their talisman, their main man, not be part of the team anymore. And then the responsibility falls to the likes of Robin Lodd around him, who, whilst has been a very good player, using him as an example, he's not at the calibre to to carry a, a, a otherwise struggling team. I think, obviously, there's more to a team's success than just that one player, but throughout Adrian Heath's time there, there has been a lot going through Renoso Wenfit and when he then hasn't been fit, it's been it's been evident on the pitch that they're they're just not quite not quite at it. They don't have the the talent and the depth around him to to almost take the load load off his shoulders. Then when he's out injured, and um, yeah, as you said, Saint Louis is a a wild card, as you say. And then one other team I'd want to touch on is Real Salt Lake. And I think what they've done in recent years is very impressive, given their somewhat limited budget. And I think, again, it wouldn't be a surprise at all if they did end up sneaking into the playoffs like they've done, especially now there are nine teams making it. It would be it would be pretty RSL-like to do it. So I don't think it's out of the question at all, but just there's maybe some uh, more talented teams out there. I looked specifically at Houston because... DC United's former coach, Benny Ball, is over there, Ben Olsen. And honestly, like MLS, by the way, did a very great job on, on their um team by team previews. Um, so a shout out to Doyle and Tom Bogart for for writing a majority of bulk of those. Um, if I'm missing anyone, the work has been great. Um, but I'm looking at the Houston Dynamo projected starting 11 for 2023, and there is not a single name that like screams to me at all like that that could I don't know maybe I'm being harsh but there is not a single player um I completely forgot that Memo Rodriguez went to LA Galaxy I I don't believe in Houston I'm I'm sorry that was also just an orange shirt so I'm not thrilled by it um <laughs> but I I think for a team like Real Salt Lake I think Real Salt Lake their fans and rightfully so always have these huge expectations for them and they just cannot meet it whether it's players whether it's budget I don't know what it is but they just cannot meet it I think San Jose is getting there I think if anyone is going to be a borderline um, playoff team I think it's going to be San Jose I think they're going to push for something on decision day 
but I'm not completely 100% sold. Jamie, you hit the nail on the hammer. Reynoso is the big question mark right now in the entire league. Um, what is going to happen with him? How many more fines is he going to get? Um, I get very big Marshawn Lynch vibes of I'm just here so I won't get fined if he does come back to uh, to Minnesota. But um, Felipe, why, again, we, we all pick the same, you know, nine teams that make the playoffs who stands out to you as maybe being like a, a borderline pushing for the playoffs type type of team, a, a decision day, you know, keep your eye out on them, but they just miss it. You know, I, here's the thing. I really do like St. How uh, St. Louis has gone about their, their building, especially in how they have uh, brought in a manager, the South African manager. What was his name? Bradley Cornell, that's the one. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think St. Louis, with uh, their new manager that they brought in, Bradley Cornell, the South African, um, he's bringing in energy drink soccer once more. But uh, I think that they actually are bringing in pieces that fit that instead of trying to, uh, uh, instead of trying to, like, basically force players that don't know how to play, play that kind of G-Gen press soccer into playing it. They're bringing players from the Bundesliga who have played that, who have been in that environment before. And I think that if they can pull that off, if they can use experience from these players that they're getting from the Bundesliga and put on some nice, fluid, attacking, high-intensity so uh, soccer, I don't see why they might not be an outside show to uh, to getting into the playoffs. At least... At least uh... <laughs> St. Louis, the, the bar is so low whenever that Charlotte manager came out last year, Miguel uh, Ramirez, and said, yeah, we're screwed. <laughs> like, nothing, nothing will ever top that. That was peak MLS chaos. Um, But that, but that was, um, yeah, as long as St. Louis doesn't come out and say that they're screwed, I, I mean, I think they're, I think they're going to be okay. I agree with what you said about them. Um, we, we're going to move on now to the, to the, um, to the beloved Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference, I don't know about you guys, I always feel like it's, you know, it's not quite there with the Western Conference, and I always have such, like, a hard time picking. Um, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, we're going to go down um, the list here. I, ladies first, I will start this time um, with the Eastern Conference, and I know we're all going to differ, and we're all going to have something to say about number eight, but Harvey Cruz is not here, so I'm shooting my shot. Um, number one, Philadelphia. Number two, put some respect on their name, Nashville SC. Uh, Cincinnati at three. Red Bulls at four. We're going to go with Orlando at five. Columbus at six. Inner Miami at seven. And then the wildcard teams. Yes, I am doing it again. I'm not putting them as high as I did last year, but I'm doing it again. DC United. Wayne Rooney's men come in at number eight and then Toronto FC, the fighting Sean Johnson's at number nine. Um, we will, I promise we will discuss DC United, but for now, Felipe, go ahead, give us your picks. Uh, yeah, for me, I, uh, I went obviously with the Philadelphia Union at first. I then went with SC Cincinnati at second, uh, third with, I went with the New York Red Bulls, fourth Columbus crew, fifth with Nashville. Sixth, uh, NYCFC. Seventh, Atlanta. 
eighth, Toronto, and at ninth, I went with Orlando City. All right, Jamie, give us who you got. Um, like you two, I've got Philadelphia top in the conference, uh, followed by Nashville, Columbus Crew, New York Red Bulls, FC Cincinnati, Orlando. I'm then the only person to go with the Revs, which I'm sure we'll talk about, and then Inter Miami and NYCFC. Um, our top five for the most part is relatively the same with the teams. The order is just a little bit different. The only difference is that I put Columbus at six and I have Orlando in my top five. Um, you guys, you guys have Orlando in the playoffs a little bit lower, but let's start with with who we think are gonna be the top. Arguably, we pick the top four teams. Um Top five, sorry, because I do want to talk about Nashville. Um, so Philly, Nashville, Cincinnati, Red Bulls, um, and uh, and Columbus. Philadelphia, I think the record speaks for itself. I think Jim Curtin speaks for himself. The fact that they didn't have too much roster turnover. Um, and, you know, Philadelphia has been playing attractive soccer in the last couple of seasons. And I don't know, maybe this will be the year that they get over that hump. It has been a not very kind year for Philadelphia sports. As we know, the Union lost MLS Cup. The Eagles just lost the Super Bowl. And uh, the Phillies lost in the World Series. So not a kind year um, for the city of brotherly love. Um, but we're confident in them and we're confident in these other teams. So it doesn't matter who you talk about, um, Jamie, just why are these teams in your top five? Well, I think uh, how I would start off anyway is that I would personally picture it as a top five. I'd say it's the top one, which is Philadelphia and then second or fifth, I just think, as you mentioned, the continuity they've had through the years is very impressive and that it shows those lines of letting up. Jim Curtin will soon be getting offers from from Europe, I'm sure, as if he hasn't had any already. Um, but yeah, I think Philly are, are definitely the leading team. And then um well I wanna I'll talk about Columbus because I've I've got them the highest. I think I put them up in third. I'm very hot on them. I'm thinking they will do some very good things this year. Um, with his with his time in Montreal, I think Wilfred Nancy was one of the one of the best managers in the league, and I uh, I think he'll continue that. He's obviously uh, taken over from Caleb Porter, who himself brought an MLS Cup to Columbus, and I think Nancy could even end up doing an even better job than that. Um, Couture Hernandez is one of the one of the best forwards in the league. I think he'll be in the conversation for Golden Boot and. Um, Again, they've almost kept a lot of their a lot of their key players together, whether it be Kucho Landes or Zilleran or Darlington Nagby. I think Pedro Santos is probably the biggest loss, but as someone who was 32, 33 now, he's he's getting on, not to mention also um John Fermenta, who was another experienced figure, so they could lose that leadership. But I think as a squad they're still, yeah, definitely very capable and I think I'd be pretty common in saying they'll be a playoff team. And as I've said, I think third place is where I'm looking at them. I think they really will push it all the way up. But Philly will just be clear of all the rest of the teams. Felipe, why are we rating Nashville so low? What's going on there? I know it's it's it's. It's not great betting to bet against uh, Hani Mukhtar, given the two seasons that he have. But I just think that 
Nashville, aside from maybe Minnesota, and we'll see the true impact of Minnesota trying to play without Starman Reynoso. But Nashville is another team that got absolutely carried by Hani Mukhtar, who might be one of the best uh, players that we've seen um, in the MLS in the last five, ten years. Just the way he plays is incredible. One thing I'm worried about and why I put them a, a bit lower than you guys is that if he doesn't uh, replicate his form like he did last season, if he doesn't, you know, put up those numbers, then I don't know who Nashville can look towards. I mean, they have an aging uh, attack in Sapong and in Bunbury. They just got Pico as well. And they all might be able to pop in here and there to score goals, but I don't understand what um, I don't understand how they will be able to pick up the slack of Mukhtar and push to get what you guys are putting at like second or third. I think that they'll they'll make the playoffs and they'll be in the mix, but I think they'll finish a bit lower in fifth. Obviously, mostly dependent on what form Mukhtar is going to go into for the rest of the season. I think it's a very fair point. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I've just been, and I said this before we hit the record button, um, and I'm going to talk about it later. I've always been a huge Gary Smith admirer. Um, I think he's a really great manager. I think he's very underrated. I don't think he gets a lot of the credit he deserves. Um, and he really, really, really turned that team around. Those Johnny Cash kits, mwah, delicious. Um, <laughs> look good, feel good. I don't know. But I I do, I hear what you're saying 100%. But I believe in Nashville SC. I think they played in such a tough conference um, in the last, what, two years, three years they've been in uh, in the in the Western Conference. And now they just all of a sudden they jump to the East. And I've always believed that the East is is relatively lesser than what the West is. And so I think I think it only benefits Nashville, um, Nashville SC. Um all right, Jamie, the floor is yours. Let's talk about these revs. <laughs> yeah, I have, as I mentioned, I have the only one that's not in the playoffs. And it, yeah, it could, could be slightly biased, but um, just from from the inside looking out, uh, maybe they're just, as we've said with a few other teams, they just can't get much worse. Um, two, two years ago, obviously broke the points record for the regular season. Then last year, when the expectations were at their highest, just fell flat on their faces and messed up, didn't get anywhere near the playoffs, were were very poor often, they had um, some awful defensive performances with particular individuals just week in, week out underperforming. And um so it could it could it could happen again. They could miss out on the playoffs. But I think um after some very poor business in the past with the likes of Omar Gonzalez coming in and not working from within the league. To go for a player like Latif Blessing from LFC, I think that's a, a very smart pickup. Um, Bobby Wood could work. Daniel Lovitz was a very strong piece in Nashville, and that will definitely help with the, the defensive errors. So let's talk about whether he could be the starting centre back alongside Henry Kessler, uh, especially with Andrew Fowler's injuries going forward. Um, yeah, I think I think it's a it's a strong squad. Um, as we we're talking about off air, Josie Altador still being one of the options up front could be a, a cause for concern, especially um, Gustavo Bo's not actually back in the country yet. He's still awaiting green card clearance. And uh, I was in the press conference earlier today. And Bruce, Bruce Arena said it should be by the weekend that he's back, but not in time for the game against Charlotte. Um, so, yeah, it's, 
outer doors in their woods in there, and then Giacomo Vrioni, the the striker that signed from Juventus, is the other man who had a lot of injuries last year and struggled to get minutes, but this year could be his year, and it generally wouldn't surprise me if he scored 15-plus, I think, from the sounds that everyone's very positive about him within the building, and he could very well be that difference maker. And then I think the other difference maker, as we saw last year, is Georgi Petrovic in goal. He was having to deal with a lot, replacing Matt Turner as no mean feat. He replacing the best keeper in MLS, I would say, or Andrew Blake maybe. And he's gone on to become the best keeper in the league himself. He was winning the Revs points left, right and centre and they have to enjoy him while they can because Man United are interested, Barcelona are interested and he is the real deal. So he probably will be off to Europe before we know it. But I think, yeah, the Revs aren't... Don't get me wrong, they're not going to break another points record. They're not going to challenge Philly. They're probably not going to get a home playoff game, but I think they will have what it takes to get over the line and get back into the playoff picture at the very least. I'm going to sell you guys on Orlando City SC. Um, And hear me out here, okay? Orlando City, they kind of, you know, they squeak in the playoffs. I think this year they have a really, really good breakout year. Um. And I think, yes, on paper, the losses of Junior Urso, Ruan, and Jao Moutinho definitely don't seem to be benefiting um, Orlando. But I think they have some really good acquisitions. We'll be talking later about Martin Ojedo. I think I said that right. Maybe it's close. Um, (laughs) But they have – he just came from Godoy Cruz. Um, Rafael Santos, Ramiro um, Enrique. I think they have a lot of really good pickups um, and some players who are are sticking with the club. Um, And I think they are going to have a really good 2023 season. Um, I don't know. I've just, their depth seems to be really, really good. Um, We talked a little bit about their matchup in CONCACAF Champions League. Listen, I could care less what Orlando does uh, in CONCACAF Champions League. They have a really tough draw against Tigres in the first round. Um, and honestly, if they don't win, it's not going to make me lose sleep because they that just gives them more uh, time and space to prepare um, and focus um, on MLS. And I honestly think that they can be an Open Cup contender um, as well. But I think that... <clears throat> I think that they still have one of the better goalkeepers in the league with Pedro Galese. Um, their their defense is getting a little bit older, yes, but I do think that has a benefit. The older you get, maybe the wiser you are. Um, I like Kara on top. I think he I think he's been good for them. Um, Oscar Perea, I believe in him as a head coach of this team. I think I think Orlando is what he needed. Um, he really meshes well there. Um, in the couple games that I got to go to last year uh, when I was living in Florida, I think he just feels like more relaxed and more comfortable, and just I think he feels good. Um, in Orlando I think it's a nice fit for him so hopefully I have sold you guys on Orlando I know you guys have them making the playoffs but a little bit down um let's let's talk about uh, some of us have um I think all of us have inner Miami maybe no um Felipe does not have inner Miami he has Atlanta instead um why why does inner Miami um get pushed out of the playoffs and why does Atlanta go in Felipe I mean, I think with I'm going to talk about mostly Atlanta because I actually do think that Atlanta have brought in a proper number nine that can. I'm not saying that, you know, Gian Kumis is going to go on a scoring run like Joseph Martinez did a, a few years back. But I feel like 
what Atlanta were missing was that proper number nine to help them out in uh in the attack, something that you know, even though Jose Martinez wasn't at his best last season, he still popped up and and scored some goals. But uh I think Atlanta now with uh not only just Jim Kumis, but I really like the signing of Derek Etienne. He had a really good season with Columbus last season. He had uh, 15 goals and assists, uh, like the combined. And I was checking some of his stats. He was in the 87th percentile for non-penalty goals and 95th percentiles for touches in the box. So he's someone who in the box is dangerous both with and without the ball. Um my only concern, I guess, is yeah, but a bit about the defense. They still have 38-year-old Brad Guzan as their starting goalkeeper. Uh, I wonder if they're going to look to improve that uh, sooner uh, rather than later. Yeah, uh, and I think one of the reasons why uh, Inter Miami don't necessarily make it is because of their uh, their offseason hasn't necessarily impressed me. They lost uh, some big players. I mean, Gonzalo Higuain had... Uh, like he was the comeback player of the year. He had a, a better season last year. Um, Pozuelo as well, losing Pozuelo, even though he was getting up age, I think he still had a lot of magic in him. Um, and I think it, also the off season was, everyone was waiting for these calls for Messi. Everyone was waiting for these like superstar signings, something like that. Is Messi coming? Is Messi not coming? And then he didn't. And they haven't really signed anyone of that capacity Yet, I mean, they brought in Jose, uh, uh, Jose Martinez, and is he going to be able to bring back that spark that he did before? I don't know, and so I don't know if Inter Miami, even with uh, Jose Martinez, can uh, can push for the playoffs. I think I would properly back Atlanta more. All right, boys, I'm gonna sell you on DC United. Can't wait for them to prove all you suckers wrong. I'm kidding. I have to be nice. I'm in the basement of a church. Um, I don't care about Bill Hamid. I don't care about David Ochoa leaving. Who cares? Whatever. Ola Kamara, whatever. Um, I am ready for some Tyler Miller goalkeeping to help keep the goal differential nice, nice and, you know, tidy. Um, Okay, listen, I understand they haven't made the splashiest of moves. I like, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Polish guy's name that they just signed from Leeds, um, but I do like his signing, um, 24 goals, 21 assists, um, in a little over uh, 150 appearances there with Leeds. He's older, I get it, but he provides a lot of experience, which I think is what um, DC United needs. Um, I like the pickup of Ruan. I thought he was very underrated when he was with Orlando. Sure, he's a little bit older, but he is one of the better um, and still one of the faster players um, on the defensive side of the ball in the league. Um, their depth is certainly going to be a question, so they have to hope and pray for no injuries or else Wayne Rooney might have to strap on the boots again. But I believe in this team, not just because of those gorgeous cherry blossom kits, but because of what Rain, Wayne Rooney um, has has done before at a coaching level. I think this is the right fit for him. I think this is the right spot for him. And even if it doesn't happen this year, that's fine. Rome wasn't built in a day, but I'm going to give them a wild card spot um, because I was a little I was a little too hyped up on Ernan uh, Lozada ball. Um last year so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring myself down a little bit and I am going to give them in the eighth place spot um and if I'm wrong I will again eat my crow like I did this year uh, <laughs> so I think I think 
talked about the Revs, talked about Miami, and eh, good enough for me. Let's move on to some individual award predictions. Um, for this, we're going to each, um, I think what we're going to do here is we're going to say um, who our pick is, and we're just going to give like, you know, a sentence or two about why we think um, that team or that individual deserves the honor. So let's start here with the Supporter Shield winners. We're going to start with Jamie. Jamie, who do you think wins the sh Supporter Shield and why? I have gone with the Philadelphia Union. Uh, we obviously touched on them earlier. I just think that that continuity with the squad, everyone's familiar with those around them. They're, they're just... They're going to pick up where they left off. They're going to continue to be one of the best teams in the league under Jim Curtin. And yeah, they didn't they didn't really lose anyone of note. Pat Sarazen was probably the biggest departure and he was yet to really feature much. So yeah, I think as we've all said, Philly will be there or thereabouts and I bank on them winning the Shield again. Um, Felipe, the three of us picked the same two teams to win each conference. So which team, Philadelphia or LA, wins the Supporter Shield? I went with Philadelphia. I just think they are so, so strong all across the pitch. I, I Even though they might go on a deep CCL run and they have so many other competitions, uh, I would still back them to finish the regular season at the very top. And I don't really see too many other teams challenging them in that regard. I am going to go with Philadelphia as well. So a clean sweep across the board. I just think, you know, I think LAFC will have Seattle um, and teams like Dallas and um, who did who did most of us put in like third place there? Um, what is that? Galaxy? I can't read. Um, Galaxy or, you know, other teams, Portland, whoever it is, breathing down their neck. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go with a clean sweep across the board with uh, Philadelphia here. MLS Cup with that awful 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 new play math <laughs> playoff format um go ahead jamie who do you think i would be very confident in saying we're not gonna have a clean sweep here given that i've gone with austin fc i think um they've got one of the best players in the league in sebastian juicy it's, it's obviously very very fresh to so in their third season but i think they were so good last last season and they've made additions in the final third I think uh, Josie Zardes, as we spoke about before, and Will Bruin are two very experienced players in this league. Can add a bit of depth in and around um, Juicy and Co. And uh, Diego Fernandez, former Rev, signing a new deal for the next four years, I think it is, is, is very good business for the club and he'll continue to deliver. And yeah, I'm, I'm high on Josh Wolf, so I'm going to say they're going to go all the way and do it. I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I have to admit, I'm intrigued. Okay, Felipe. Yeah, well, I also wanted with a bit of a rogue shout. I mean, I think saying like Philadelphia is always a safe choice, but I actually went with uh, FC Cincinnati. I think that Cincinnati are uh, <laughs> as Rachel runs away. <laughs> I think uh, FC Cincinnati uh, have a super strong. I just I love Brandon Vasquez. I really like Brandon Vasquez. I think if Brenner doesn't, um, you know, find the form that he that he did before. Uh, because of his failed move to Nottingham, and there are a lot of people questioning psychology after that. I still think Brandon Vasquez is going to show up. And uh, if you didn't like that call, wait until we talk about MVP. Um, I think Cincinnati might, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I With the Philadelphia at that point, that late in the season, 
they might have some injury issues. I think with so many competitions that they'll be in, who knows? I think in a one-off between Philadelphia and, and Cincinnati in like a conference final, I don't know. I, I like the idea of Cincinnati going off onto the MLS Cup. I don't know. Felipe, have you ever heard the story about my relationship with FC Cincinnati? Because it's it's a doozy. Um, so they were they're the rival of my beloved Pittsburgh Riverhounds, where I'm from. And they played so well in USL that when they got to MLS, I was like, boom, they're gonna do it. And then every single year on the podcast that they didn't make the playoffs, I believed in them. And I said, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. And last year was the first year I was finally like, I've been nipped in the butt too many times. I'm not picking them. And then they make the playoffs. So <laughs> so maybe, I don't know. It, it, I will not pick Cincinnati so your dream will come true. Um, if, if I pick them this year to make the playoffs and they don't make it, I'm never podcasting again. That's just, that's my, that's where I throw in the, the towel. Um, wow. Okay. You know, I I don't want to be a homer and say Seattle. I really don't because I feel like Dan will be in my mentions screaming at me. But my gut is telling me Seattle, but my heart, I mean, I, I'm sorry. My heart is telling me Seattle, but my gut is telling me Nashville. I'm so set on Nashville. Um, I think that they could do it. Um, I think them being in the East, again, really benefits them. Um, I would love, I think my heart would be broken in two if it was Seattle versus Nashville. Um, but that would also be a really, really good um, MLS Cup final. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with my gut feeling on this one, and I'm going to say Nashville SC. Um Wow, you guys threw me for a doozy there. That was a good one. Um, okay, so does an MLS team win Leagues Cup CCL? If so, who? I'm actually going to start this one, and I'm going to say no, because nobody is allowed to do it the year after the Sounders did it. That's just, that's my piece. We we want a couple more years to brag. Um, but in all seriousness, I we, we talked about it a little bit before we got on about how Austin and um Orlando City certainly got the bad draw. Um, LAFC has Alajuense, my beloved favorite Costa Rican club, uh, in the first round. I'm pulling for an upset. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and then Philadelphia Union, they, if they if they win against Ali, Alianza, I hope I pronounced that right, they will go on to play Olympia or Atlas, and I think they could be either of those two teams. We could very well see... Um, a semifinal in that lower half of the bracket where it is MLS teams going against each other. So it could be one guaranteed MLS team in the final. Um, but I don't think, I, I think Mexico is going to go on a tear to try to get that spot back, um, to try to get the crown back. But I do think if anyone could do it, I do think it could be like LAFC or um, Philadelphia because of their positioning on the bracket. But I don't, I don't think it's going to happen a year after Seattle. Um, Jamie, what do you think? Uh, you mentioned it there. I think I think it will happen that there'll be two MLS teams in the semi-final, um, LFC and Philly, and I think LFC will advance and then go all the way and win it all. I think, as you said, Mexico won't be won't be keen to let it happen again, but um, LFC do have that star power all over the field. Maybe the one sticking point could be what Felipe mentioned earlier in that they don't yet have a recognised elite number nine, but given their finances, it wouldn't surprise me if come the last stage of that tournament, they do have someone that can make the difference. And yeah, 
Barkingham FC will win CCL and take the crown from Seattle. Okay, well, first off, ain't nobody taking no crown from Seattle because they were the first to do it. So <laughs> put some respect on Brian Schmetzer's name. <laughs> um, <laughs> Felipe, what do you think? Uh, I'm thinking, why do you guys think it's such a shoo-in that LAFC beats Vancouver Whitecaps? You know, the Vancouver Whitecaps might have something to say in the quarterfinal. Uh, no, but in seriousness, uh, I, I, I actually don't think it's going to go. I think one of them is definitely going to make it to the final. I'm thinking I'm leaning more towards Philadelphia make it to the final, but I'm I'm looking at some of these Mexican sides and I mean, especially Tigres is the one that I was looking at the most at. I think it's going to go to one of the Mexican sides. I wouldn't be surprised if we see like a Tigres Union final, but I think it'll I will edge towards uh, Mexico because I mean, if you look at their spending that they that they've had this offseason, they have just spent so much money, a lot more than MLS has, and I think their recruiting has been really solid. So I think it's going to go back to Mexico. Uh, the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Besides the River Hounds. What other contenders do we have? I, my heart wants to believe it, but I don't think so. Um, any any other folks that we could see um, contending? I already said Orlando earlier. I already think I sold you guys a little bit more on, on Orlando. I hope so. Um, Jamie, what do you think? Any Open Cup contenders? Uh, I'd love to see something like last year where a team like Sacramento goes, goes so far and upsets so many teams. That was such a joy to watch. But I'm going to say I think FC Dallas is the type of team that take a cup competition like this very seriously they've got the they've got the youngsters that can obviously got more energy in their legs and I think they'll be the type of team that are definitely going to make the playoffs so towards the end of the season won't be playing for much because they'll be in the playoffs but they won't be challenging LAFC so I think they'll be able to put more into the Open Cup and yeah I reckon FC Dallas could be the team that could go all the way. Felipe what do you think? I'm actually going to uh, go with Columbus Crew. I think uh, Columbus Crew would all be another team that also would take this cup seriously. And I also think that Columbus Crew have some hit, some really good gems, some young gems that can come in in cup competitions and just produce some magic, especially with Nancy as a coach who is known for developing youth and making them shine. I think Columbus Crew could go uh, a long way, and especially with Cucho Hernandez, uh, who is just, I feel like he never stops uh, running forward. He never, he's like an energizer bunny. He always is ready to to keep going. Um, I feel like they have a good chance and uh, I would put my money on Columbus. Good shout. I, I like both of those picks, um, especially the FC Dallas one, because they, you always hear the stories about their their academy um, and how it's like one of the most renowned in, in, in the United States. So that's a, a very good shout. I didn't even think about them. You know what? We're going to start with Felipe on this one because he teased a little bit of a of a um, upset here for MLS MVP, and I'm ready to walk out that door again. So, what do you got for us? Yeah, well, I for my MLS MVP, I chose like I said, one of my favorite players in the MLS right now, Brandon Vasquez. He had 27 goals and assists last season, and I don't think he's going to you know, go on like a Hani Mukhtar crazy season where he it's it's he's the star of the show. But I think that Luciano Costa, who was also so solid 
uh, for Cincinnati last season is going to help him propel him to the next level. And uh, I just, yeah, seeing how he played last season, I think he's going to go on an absolute stormer. And now, especially now that, you know, their defense is looking much better, I think Cincinnati is going to give a real uh, run for their money. Uh, and uh, I think Brandon Vasquez is going to be at the spear front of it. Not as shocking as I thought it would be. So that's good, I guess. Um, I'm going to go. I really want to say Drusy, but I think after the season that he had last year, I think Raul Rui Diaz is going to go on a tear. Um, so I'm going to go with Raul Rui Diaz. Yeah. Go ahead, Jamie. I'm going to go with the, the man you just mentioned there, Sebastian Drusy. It goes, obviously, I'm saying also they're going to go all the way and win their last cup. I think they'll have a very strong regular season. They've beefed up the, the attack force in and around him. And I think, but yeah, what he's done last season was incredible. I love Austin. I think I love that stadium. I think they're just such a fun team. And yeah, he's at the front of it all. And he will he'll be the MVP, I reckon. Good shout, good shout. Um. Okay, so Defender of the Year, I know we talked about this one a lot, about who we would pick for this. We we weren't all sure about this one. I'll decide for all of us, we're all going to pick New Who, okay? Done deal. No, I'm kidding. Um, okay. Felipe, who do you got for Defender of the Year? This one was probably actually the toughest one because there's a lot of good def- defenders. I was thinking... You know, it, maybe it's a late comeback season from Aaron Long now that he's at uh, LAFC. I mean, you you could pick pretty much anyone off of the Philadelphia backline. Glesn is getting it again. Uh, uh, Jack Elliott getting it again, uh, getting uh, actually winning at this time. But I'm I'm gonna go with even though I put them quite uh, lower than you guys, I I'm actually gonna go with Walker Zimmerman. I just think he is probably one of the best defenders uh, that I've seen in the MLS in recent times. And I think that uh, in terms of defense, he's going to um, help Nashville go far, just maybe not as far as other people might expect him to be. Jamie, who do you got? I'm intrigued. Who do you have? I also have Walker Zimbabwe written down. I think, I think Nashville, yeah, they, I see them having a very strong season. And even if maybe Mukhtar is at his best, some points they've always got that that solid foundation at the back, whether it be Joe Willis and goal or Zimmerman, the the experienced centre back, the dominant centre back. I think, yeah, he is one of the best defenders in MLS. Won this award before, and I think he'll he'll be a, not a shimmer, but he'll be a a favourite to it again in my eyes. I think Walker Zimmerman is a very strong pick, a very, I think it's a safe pick too. Not, not to say that in a mean way, but I think it is definitely a safe pick. I'm going to go just because we've hyped them up so much. I'm going to, I hope I say his name right. Jacob Glesnes um, from uh, the Philadelphia union. Um, I just think Philadelphia has been so strong and he was a, um, he was, he was defender of the year. What was, it, was it last year? He was defender of the year. Yeah, last year he was Defender of the Year, so I think he's going to go for a two-peat um, with the award if Philadelphia plays like we know that they can play. Um, so for Goalkeeper of the Year, my favorite position. I love goalkeepers, the unsung heroes of the sport. Um, 
We'll start with Jamie this time. I feel like I've got to talk about New England more at some point, so I'm just going to go with Georgia Petrovic. I think I generally think the only thing that stops him winning this award is if he's still a New England Revolution player come the end of the season. There are a number of excellent goalkeepers, like the likes of Blake and Willis, in this league. I just think Petrovic is so young, but he doesn't look at it at all. The way he fills the goal, the way the way his distribution is, the shots he stops are incredible. And I just, I generally don't, I think this might be, obviously I'm biased because I, I have to watch him every week, but this is the easiest category for me. I would have to say I think it's got to be Georgie Petrovic. Felipe. Yeah, sorry, got confused there. Uh, yeah, I think for me, uh, goalkeeper of the year, I think it's going to be a year of itches. Uh, I think it's either going to be Petkovic. I really, like Jamie said, I think he's super solid, especially for his young age. I think he is going to help New England Revolution maybe push for the playoffs. Um, but I think he's going to definitely uh, be their star man which is incredible to say from a goalkeeper like to say that about a goalkeeper but i think it's going to be their star player for the upcoming season and the other one that i went with is actually ivacic the portland goalkeeper uh i think that uh he saved i know <laughs> rachel uh gives you a thumbs down for the portland um yeah i know as much as i don't like also to uh give some props to a cascadia uh player um I do think he's a solid goalkeeper. I think he saved them a number of times uh, last season. Portland's defense was all over the place. And I think he took that to really show his skills. And uh, I think, yeah, if Petkovic doesn't get it. Maybe perhaps like how Jamie said, because he's not there after the summer. I think uh, Ivicic might have a, a shot as well. I, I really, I really like... Pekovic as well. I think he's a very good goalkeeper. He stepped into some very big shoes. I I am. It's so hard to bet against Andre Blake though, and I'm gonna stick with Andre Blake. It, my second choice would have been Petro, uh, Petrovic. I hope I said that right. Um, but it is just so hard to bet against um, Andre Blake and the Philadelphia Union. So I'm gonna give Philly um, back to back awards um, on this one. Young Player of the Year. What do you guys think? We'll go with uh, go with Jamie again. I've got two names written down, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with one of them. There. I've put Talis Magno for NYCFC. Assume I want I think he does qualify otherwise. Um, no one seems too convinced by NYCFC as a team this year. Everyone's expecting some sort of drop off, obviously with Tati Castellanos departing being a big factor. But I just think watching him play, he's He's so talented. He's got so much to his game, the way he can beat players. But like his awareness of what's around him as well, there's a number of key young players in that NYCFC team. But I think Thomas Magno is is the standout, and I don't see I don't see him slowing down. I think he's going to continue to grow. And yeah, he's my young player of the year. Felipe, who you got? Actually, I'm going with uh, FC Dallas's Alan Velasco. I think that uh, last season, he even though he just was new to the league, he showed flashes of brilliance, uh, you know, and that's including the fact that he played alongside Jesus Ferreira, who was last season's Young Player of the Year. Um, I think he's going to now with 
the understanding of the league. I think he's going to take this first full season and he's going to fly higher than most people might expect. And that's why I think he's going to go off and uh, win the young player of the year. I know this isn't the same as the rookie of the year um, award, but I'm going to go with, I just saw his name here. Where did it go? Um, Jalen Neal, the guy who played, um, got his first couple of minutes with the U.S. men's national team before he even became um, an MLS debutant. So I'm going to go with Jalen Neal. I really liked him in those games. And if he can if he can play like that in, in club play, I think he'll be pretty good. Um, so we're, we're, I'm going to stick with that one. Um, Coach of the year, I'm going to start this one off because I already mentioned it already. I'm going to stick with my guns and say this is the year where Gary Smith finally gets the respect on his name um, and he gets this coveted um, the late Ziggy Schmid Coach of the Year award. Um, Jamie, what do you think? Well, of the boring answer is Jim Curtin, but it, in the interest of being more exciting, um, I mentioned it earlier as well. What I was very impressed with what I saw with what he did in Montreal, and now he's in Columbus. Well, for Nancy, I think, I think yeah, he's a very morning coach. I, I think the way he sets up his team is very innovative, and I'm excited to watch Montreal every week. And now I'm hoping, especially with a, a player that I like so much, like Coach Hernandez up front, I think he'll definitely be um, could definitely be something else, and he'll be the main man. Felipe, what do you think? I'm actually going to do an uh, FC Dallas back-to-back. I'm going to go with Nico Estevez. I really like what he did with FC Dallas last season, the way that he organized the team. They was He had a very set philosophy of controlling the pitch, controlling the ball, making sure that uh, every, every quadrant of the pitch, they had someone there who had a responsibility and had a role. I think the only issue that they had at times was that they wouldn't go in for the kill. They wouldn't try to blow out teams. And I think now that he has that philosophy ingrained with the team, he can experiment a bit more. He can try a, a few different things so that with a with that philosophy ingrained in all of the players, the players know that as like a second nature. And now they can try new things. And maybe we'll have some surprises with FC Dallas. And so, yeah, I think Nico Estevez has just, I, I really like what he's done. I like his mentality and the way that he wants his team out, a uh, team to go out and play. So that's why he's my shout. I like that. Those are both good shouts. Um, okay. So newcomer of the year, I'm going to start this one again, just because I already talked about him. Um, Martin Ojedo from Orlando City. I think he's going to make a really big impact um, for them this year. And I think Orlando can really boost themselves up the table in the Eastern Conference. Um, newcomer of the year, um, Jamie Rook. Who do you got? Um, I, I should. I think I've watched enough old fan derbies to pronounce his name correct. I would say Georges Yakimakis, the, the new Atlanta United forward, uh, formerly of Celtic. Um, although I may be contradictory because I've said Atlanta won't make the playoffs. I think if they do, his impact will will be a, a key reason for that. And seeing him fill the Joseph Martinez-sized hole and link up with the likes of Thiago Armando, Luis Araujo, I think could be very, very exciting. And yeah, I'm expecting big things from him and to hit double-digit figures for goals at the very least. Awesome. Felipe, who you got? Newcomer. 
Yeah, I was stuck between two in this one. I was stuck between Dante Van Zier, the new striker from uh, New York Red Bulls, because I saw some of the his his clips and some of his numbers from his time in Belgium, and he looks he looks like just an all around solid striker, and I think he can help the Red Bulls in that position. Uh, but I'm actually going to go with, and I, I again don't want to choose another Cascadian team, but I am going to go with the Vander for the Portland Timbers because. I mean, he is, he's just coming off uh, a season uh, in uh, with FC Midland where he was a top assister of the Europa League. And I was looking at some of his clips of how he plays and he really reminds me of, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, the player named Polk that you said, the Brazilian winger that played in Europe for a while. He is very very technically good with the ball he likes to dribble like a good brazilian but he's super strong he's physical you can't push this man off the ball and then his shots are lasers they are powered by thunder and lightning they are so strong and he ripples he almost breaks the back of the net uh i got super excited watching his clips until i remembered that he played for portland uh and now and then i got really sad so uh, I'm still going to back him, though, to be the uh, newcomer of the year. I just think he's going to, uh, even though it's his first season, just set the league on fire. It is so lovely to have another person who hates Portland on the podcast. Like, it's so such a breath of fresh air. <laughs> um, Golden Boot Award, I think we all kind of touched on this a little bit. Um, I picked Raul Rui Diaz for this one. Um, I think he gets, I think he gets... Ooh, what's a good number? I'm going to go 17 this year. I'm going to go 17 for Raul Rui Diaz. Um, what do you think, Jamie? I don't need to explain it much because I've mentioned his name and his team's name a lot. I've got Kucho Hernandez. Really like the player. Really like the manager, Wilfred Nancy. think him and Zellarion is going to be one of the best duos in the league. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say he'll push 20. I reckon he'll just hit 20. Do a very good year. Wow. Good pick. Good pick. Felipe. Is it Brandon Vasquez? <laughs> you know it. Of course it is Brandon Vasquez. Uh, I think Brandon Vasquez is going to be the top scorer as well. And he's going to hit uh, 20 plus goals. I think he might hit 21, 22. I think it's the Vasquez year. I don't think I've ever seen Jamie look so shocked in my life. Um, before we move on to last words, we're going to wrap up. I am going to um, give a shout out to our sponsors at Athletic Greens. Their signature AG1 is perfect for daily nutrients and gut health support. AG1 solves two of the most important health needs, the nutrients your body needs each day, and the foundation of a long-term gut health. Together, they fuel whole body health, impacting everything from sleep, digestion, energy, mood, immunity, to the health of your hair, skin, and nails. Simply follow the link in our show description and get started today. That will be in um, on the Last Word on Soccer um, website in the article link. Um, definitely check out our newest sponsor. So we are going to do last words, gentlemen. Felipe, you know the drill from last time. This is where we just say where we are on Twitter and give any final thoughts in the show. So um, Mr. Brandon Vasquez, number one fan club supporter, we will start with you. Yeah, uh, you can, you know, 
follow me at uh, at Felipe V underscore FC on Twitter. And uh, I usually try to cover all things Canadian soccer alongside my Vancouver Whitecaps. And one of the things that I have been super happy about was uh, the under-17s, Canada's under-17s qualified for the under-17 World Cup beating Puerto Rico 3-0. It might be a change where we actually have a youth team that we can get excited about for the first time in maybe a decade. So uh, hopefully I can continue to cover uh, some of those players, especially since one of my university friends told me that his cousin is the starting goalkeeper, uh, which is a fun little fact that I learned. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much me. Not the greatest showing for Canada at the She Believes Cup, but all of our support behind them as they continue to fight for equality, for facilities, for treatment, for, you know, what, whatever it may be as they prepare for the World Cup. Um, just thought, you know, you mentioned Canada, thought we would give a little bit of an update um, on that. Jamie Rook, sir, where can we find you on Twitter and what kind of last words you got for our lovely listeners? Um, so my Twitter at is RookieJNL13 and don't really have that much to say, to be honest. Um, first New England game this weekend so um, obviously stay tuned for New England content I'll be posting a match preview for the Charlotte game some point tomorrow and um, they up the Lionesses winning the Arnold Clark Cup pretty irrelevant tournament but they've won it the second year in a row so we'll shout <laughs> them out because they win every friend at this rate and the World Cup this summer they're going to win I would I would not mind seeing that because I, as much as you know the US wins national team like Mouse Watson has been on a tear, and that's great to see. But in the in the effort of making it all the more competitive and whatnot, I, I would not mind seeing another team win. I also just realized, guys, we forgot to do pickums, so um, we're gonna pause before my last words, and we're just gonna quickly do these pickums. So we pick four games; two of them are nationally televised. But of course, again, if you've been living under a rock. These games are going to be on Apple TV. Um, so, guys, we're just going to make our picks. Um, if you want to say a couple things about why, um, pl please feel free to. Um, but we're going to start with the very first game of the MLS season. We are back. And it's the beloved Nashville SC um, taking on the New York City FC fighting Bronx, whatever they are, at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. Again, Apple TV, but also on um, Fox. Um, Jamie, who do you think wins? Give us a score. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Nashville on the road. I think uh, we, we both, or me and Rachel in particular, but Felipe as well sung their praises, especially in comparison to NYCFC who may, may drop off the season. I'll say... Nashville win 2 0 with a goal and assist from Honey Mokton. Felipe, who you got? I was actually thinking the exact same thing. I'm betting uh, Nashville. I think that they're, uh, they're still going to start the season off strong. Uh, I think it's going to be another Honey Mukhtar show. And I also put them down to win uh, 2 0 against NYCFC. They're playing in that beautiful stadium that just hosted a Sheep Leaves Cup. Uh, two believe she believes cup matches. Um, boys go big or go home. Three nothing Nashville. Let's go. Um, Gary Smith starting it off strong. Um, okay, we've got Philadelphia and Columbus at seven thirty Eastern on Saturday. Um, this one is solely on Apple TV. Um, does Philadelphia give uh fans something to cheer for after that sad Super Bowl loss, Felipe? 
Uh, you would hope so. <laughs> they need something to cheer them up these days. Uh, but I do think that uh, this game is actually probably one of the toughest opening games. Philadelphia comes in, obviously, after that incredible season they had last season. But uh, Columbus, I think, is uh, with Nancy now. Nancy has a lot to uh, prove now that he's gone from Montreal to Columbus. And I think this might be his time to start off strong. I am going to say it's going to be a draw, a 1-1 draw in Philadelphia. Go ahead, Jamie. I spent the whole season, uh, the whole episode bigging up Columbus. So it would be rude if I didn't say that Columbus are going to win 2-1. Uh, Kucho Hernandez is going to get on the score sheet. Philadelphia are going to going to be another tough week in their sports country, uh, state even. So, yeah, Philadelphia lose again. Why not? Well, easy, easy on the states because I mean we still got Pittsburgh, my beloved Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania, and we're 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 good, we're good. Um, maybe if the Riverhound sign a player or two, that would be lovely. Um, I think same scoreline, different result. I think Philadelphia wins two to one against Columbus. Um, Saturday evening, eight thirty p.m. Eastern time on Apple, uh, TV, Austin FC versus the debutants, St. Louis. Um. What Austin was the expansion team two years ago. Uh, uh, two expansion teams in the in in the last you know couple of years going against each other. Um, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Austin FC gives St. Louis a little bit of a rough um opener in the beginning with a three to one um final score, but I don't think it puts St. Louis down and out very long. Uh, Felipe, who you got? Yeah, well, I mean, this is a sort of the thing with when you play uh energy drink soccer uh that is high risk high reward and so i could see this match going 4-1 for austin or a a a 2-0 for st louis i am i am firmly stuck between the two it really depends on what kind of energy drink soccer we are presented with uh, on saturday interesting uh jamie what do you think what Felipe said made me think I'm probably going to be wrong now because I was just going to go, uh, not boring, but a 1-0 Austin win. I think maybe the spectacle of, of the occasion for both teams, really. Uh, a very exciting game for both teams will will overwhelm the actual game itself. And yeah, tight 1-0 one. All right, Sunday on Fox Sports 1 and also on Apple TV, Seattle, Colorado, 8 p.m., um, I think I'm gonna go Seattle gets a narrow one nothing win in this game to open up the season. I really wanted to say two nothing, but I'm not I'm not as as confident. I think Colorado is a decent side. Um, Jamie, we'll go to you. Who do you think? Given how both of these teams performed last season, I generally don't know what to expect. So out of courtesy, because you're here and that isn't, I'm gonna say Seattle win at three now. Why not? Get it done. There we go. I like that scoreline. What do you think, Felipe? I know they're a fellow Cascadia team, but. Yeah, they are a fellow Cascadia team, but I think you got to back your boys. I think uh, Seattle are going to come out hungry, and uh, and I think it's going to be a 3-1 win against Colorado. Apologies to Matt. <laughs> yeah, we're so sorry, Matt. 
<laughs> we say with such, you know, enthusiasm. Um, okay, so my apologies on on forgetting about pickums. Um, I said we were gonna skip the round table and then I just skipped everything altogether. Um, before I do my last words, just want to thank you to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US soccer. Don't forget to get your custom scarves for your group or your team today at roughneckscarves.com. That Colorado scarf, by the way, is gorgeous. I know they're gonna sell out. Um, and then our friends at Icarus FC, are you tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Are you looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, your Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price with the motto, any design you want. Seriously, let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. And of course, it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't talk about women's soccer for a little bit, right? Um, CONCACAF exploded. I mean, who would have thought that the Women's World Cup would have six CONCACAF teams and not one of them is Mexico? Excuse me while I go cry tears um, in Liga Emekis Femenil. Um, but I don't know, maybe hosting was was a little bit too much for them, but who knows? I, I hope to see them back in, in what, 2027. Um, but recent, so in the, in the summer tournament, the United States, Canada, Jamaica, and my beloved Tikas of Costa Rica automatically got a qualification to the World Cup. Well, the FIFA Intercontinental Playoffs just happened, and there were two CONCACAF teams in those um, inter-confederation games and both of those teams are going to the world cup so i just want to give a shout out to haiti um they were probably the number one team that deserved it and they beat chile i don't know how much you guys follow women's soccer but that is no easy feat um and haiti has some really talented young players that are going to do some really big things um i think in the world cup and in the next couple of years um and then, uh, by the way, another one of the teams, Portugal, made it to their first ever FIFA Women's World Cup with their FIFA Intercontinental win. And then Panama. Panama did it. I'm so excited. Yunus Bailey kind of captured the world a couple years ago when she was in between um, in between the sticks there for the U.S. Or, I'm sorry, for Panama against big teams like U.S., Canada, whatnot. Um, and, and she is just a really, really talented goalkeeper. They got some talented players, Marta Cox on that Panama team who plays in Liga Emekis Femenil. Um, so that's six teams from CONCACAF, guys. I'm so excited. And then just in general, we have Philippines, Vietnam, Zambia, Morocco, Ireland, Haiti, Portugal, and Panama. That is seven eight, I don't know how to count, eight teams in, I think, what, the 32 teams in the FIFA World Cup that are going for their first time. It is a very exciting time in the sport of women's soccer, just seeing the competitiveness rise. I'm super excited for the World Cup this summer. I just wish it wasn't in Australia and New Zealand because of those game times. But I will definitely be waking up for a lot of these games because these are going to be some really fun matches. Um, and I'm looking forward to a really great World Cup where potentially England might win. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Rachel Kruger. That's going to do it for us. Again, just want to thank our sponsors, Icarus FC, Roughneck Scarves, Athletic Greens. Thank you to Last Word SC Radio and Last Word on Sports for homing all of our articles and our podcasts. That'll be it for us. Um, we will see you all next time, and we will talk to you after the first week of MLS action. Thanks, everyone. Tune in next time.